the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Hello and welcome to Excel today. I'm excited that you made it and I trust that you've had a fruitful week. Uh, this has been our conference week and it's been quite a busy week for us, but God has blessed us in diverse ways. And I want to especially even invite you, those of us who are in Kumasi, to join in. And those of you even watch online, join us this Sunday as we bring our Better Life Conference to a close. It's with my spiritual father, uh, Reverend Dixon, to force upon. It's going to be an awesome time as we fellowship with God. So if you are also in Kumasi, find your way to our headquarter church at Santasi and be blessed by the ministry of my dear father in the Lord. The Lord bless you. Okay, thank you once again. We praying together. Let's pray together as we get into our teaching for today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your blessing. Thank you that grace is upon your word to bring healing, deliverance, and change to everyone. Thank you, Lord, that we are equipped to excel in all areas of our lives as your word comes to us in Jesus' matchless name. Amen and amen. God richly bless you once again. Our text is 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, and we'll read from the New Living Translation. He said, do you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but one gets the prize, so run to win. Run to win. That is our series title run to win and that is a subject we i'm also looking at run to win uh, we have established that life is a race that god has said before us hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 he said wherefore let us run with the race that is set before us looking unto jesus the author and the finisher of our faith we say life is a race and all of us i encourage all of us i expected to run some will run to win, others will run in vain. But I want to challenge you through this teaching so you can position yourself in such a way that you can run to win. I know you want to run to win and God wants you to also run to win. And so I want to share with you God's wisdom as far as the race and the journey of life is concerned. What do you need to know? What can you do in order to run and win the race of life? You are running the race in different forms. Some of us are seeking to win in our relationships, win in our finances, win in our academic pursuit, win in our ministries. Everybody is running to win something in life. But how can you run? Whatever it is you are running for, how can you run to win? Those are the things uh, we are considering in this series. And the first and foremost law we looked at, is said, that we established that there are three important things that we need to appreciate if you are going to run and win in life. Number one 
a who to run with. If you are going to run to win, you need to know who to run with. Number two, uh, you need to know what to run after. What do you run after? Who to run with, what to run after, and then the laws that govern the race. And presently, we are looking at run with, who to run with. That's what we are looking at. In our earlier episodes, we touched on run with God. That's the first foundation because according to Matthew 22, verse 36 to 39, he says, You shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all thy mind, and with all thy soul. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. First John 4, 21. He said, This commandment I have received from him. We have from him that he that loveth God loveth his neighbor also. So we have to run with God, but apart from God is man. We need to run with others. Number one, run with God. Number two, run with others. And last week we started exploring this aspect of the race. Run with others. If you are going to run and win, you need to know how to run with others. I remember a quote I shared with you. It said, if you want to go fast, go alone but if you want to go far go with others we want to go far and we also want to go fast so how can we go we can go with others and then we can go far and possibly fast as well because when you are running with others who are like-minded there's also a way they can help you to also run not just far but also sometimes even faster so we are looking at running with others Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 to 12 has been our anchor text. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he had not another to help him out. So woe unto him that is alone. Woe unto him that is alone. To go through life alone is a risk and it's a risk nobody can afford. It's a risk that comes with very damaging consequences. That's why the Bible says it is not good that man should be alone. It is not proper that you function in life alone. God designed us to function with other people, to flow with others. So we looked at four reasons why it's critical that we run with the others. Number one, we have to run with others for fellowship. We have to run with others for fruitfulness. We have to run with others so we can function effectively in life. And then we have to run with others so we can find fulfillment in life. Fulfillment does not come in abundance of things which we possess. But fulfillment comes when we see that we are making meaningful contribution to others. And then we are also secured in our relationship with Christ. Today, we are going to continue by looking at three kinds of relationships you must prioritize to win in life. If you must win in life, you cannot trivialize certain relationships. There are certain relationships that are very foundational and core as far as your ability to win in life is concerned. One of such relationships is relationships that inspire and stretches you to become the very best of yourself. Relationships that inspire and stretches you to become the very best of yourself. We looked at an example like this in Esther 4 verse 13 to 14. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlightenment and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house 
shall be destroyed. Who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? This is a statement that Mordecai, a mentor of Esther, sent to us. He sent this message to Esther at the time Esther wanted to relax and in the cozy environment and have her comfort in the palace of the king she had become queen under very strange circumstances and then as part of her role she needed to use her powers as a queen in order to bring deliverance and salvation to her people and so at this point it came with a risk also if she went before the king without being caught she stood the risk of being killed and so esther wanted to just stay safe she wanted to play it safe and then her father sent a strong message her mentor sent a strong message to her listen esther you are in the kingdom for such a time as this you are not here just for you you are here god brought you here so that through you the jews will be preserved the nation of israel will be preserved so don't think that it is just about yourself don't think about yourself only but think about others that was the command that was the instruction that was the inspiration that came from mordecai to esther and Esther rose to the challenge. Esther did not, she, she just came out of obscurity and decided to take the risk. She was inspired and motivated and encouraged to take the risk. That was who Mordecai was to Esther. An inspirer, one who motivated her, one who challenged her to move from her comfort zone, to become, to stand out and be counted. That's how Esther registered her name in the Bible as a book. There are only two books in the Bible that has women names as title. One is Ruth and the other is Esther. If Esther had not been inspired and challenged, maybe another person, it would have been the book of Esther, would have been maybe the book of Lydia, the book of uh, Cecilia or something. But when Mordecai stood in and challenged Esther, Esther rose up and became an outstanding woman in all times and for all of eternity today i'm talking about esther because she had an inspirer she had a motivator she had an encourager one who challenged her to move and to live life beyond her comfort zone this year you need to find someone like that who will challenge you when you feel weak when you feel like settling for little you need someone who will challenge you who will inspire you and tell you listen there is more ahead of you there is something greater and something better in the future for you you cannot settle for less you cannot settle for mediocrity you have to stretch yourself and go more that is a kind of person you need everybody who has become outstanding and great in life has had a person like that in his life you look at joshua how did joshua become an army general who led the children of israel into the promised land he was trained by the man moses moses mentored him taught him many things and then joshua became an outstanding leader after the death of moses likewise was elisha elisha took over from the prophet elijah and became a great prophet by all standards the same way jesus and the 12 that relationship was there paul and timothy that relationship was there do you have one in your life who can challenge you when you feel like giving up when you feel that you have tried all you know to try and there is nothing more to do and you want to settle down where you are 
Do you have somebody whose voice challenges you? Do you have somebody whose counsel inspires you and motivates you so you can stretch yourself and become all that God will have you be? You need that level of relationship. So the first level of relationship you must prioritize and pursue in your life in this particular year is a relationship that inspires you, that challenges you, and stretches you to become the very best that you were ordained to be. That's the first level of relationship you need. Number two, the second level of relationship, which is also critical, is a relationship that comforts and challenges you whenever necessary. This is a relationship of mutual benefit. It's a relationship that brings comfort, but it also brings some level of inspiration, not to the degree to which the first relationship brings, but this is a relationship of equals, relationship of people who operate at the same level. Look at it. I'm talking about your friends. I'm talking about your colleagues. I'm talking about your spouse even because you and your spouse are the same. You are just different personalities, but you and your spouse are the same. So we need that level of relationship. You need to have friends that in times of trouble, you can run to, you can speak with. In times of trouble, they can stand with you. Look at Job chapter 2 verse 11. The Bible said, when Job's three friends head of all this evil that was come upon him they came everyone from his own place look at that job was in trouble his friends hear about it and they don't sit down they don't gossip about it but they decide to take a trip to where job is that's a good friend that's a mark of someone who is a friend indeed now look at this the bible said they came from their own place eliphaz the termites and Bildad, the shuhite and zophar the Nematites, for they had made an appointment together to come mourn with him and to comfort him. Is it not a good idea when you have a challenge in your life? Is it not a good idea? It's such a great relief when you have friends who will come and comfort you, who will come and mourn with you, who will come and celebrate with you. It's always important that in our lives, in your life as a couple, in your life as a professional, you need to have people who are ready to celebrate with you when you have a celebration to make. And then you also need people who can mourn with you when you need to mourn. These are the two ends everybody will go through in life. You need a time where you will be celebrated. You need a time where you go through a time where you also go through a season of mourning. Whichever of these angles, you, positions you find yourself at any point in time t you certainly 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 need people around you and these are your friends and you have to intentionally cultivate such relationships there are people when they are going through a challenge they literally have to be by themselves they are all by themselves somebody said that a problem shared is a problem half solved when you have people who will not judge you, when you have people who are not quick to condemn you, they are quick to empathize and sympathize with you. When you are going through a difficult phase of your life, it's such a great blessing. That is one of the ways God helps us. The Bible says, bear ye one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. Life is a burden by itself and to bear that burden alone makes it a greater burden. You need to develop an intentionally so relationships that will enrich your life, that will inspire you, that will challenge you to be able to deal with the things you need to deal with in life. 
we see the same kind of relationship also a man by the name of daniel an excellent man he also took time off to develop such relationship daniel chapter 2 verse 16 to 19 so daniel went in and asked the king to give him time that he might tell the king the interpretation he was also standing a very great risk and then look at what he did 17 then daniel went to his house and made the decision known to hananiah michelle and azariah his companions who are your companions daniel had companions he could uh, bring a matter of great concern to daniel went to his companions that they may seek mercies from god from the god of heaven concerning this secret so that daniel and his companions may not perish with the rest of the wise men of babylon then the secret was revealed to daniel in a night's vision so daniel blessed the god of heaven can you see that daniel had good friends when there was a crisis daniel had friends who would encourage him to pray when you have having you're having challenges with your spouse at home who are the people who give you counsel what are, what are some of the things they tell you to do some of them tell you as for this woman i think there's no future with her just abandon her and take care of your children is that the counsel you are receiving they tell you that you just need to give her some dirty slap and then her eyes will be clear. Is that the counsel you receive from your friends? Daniel's friends were unique. These were people Daniel could pray with. Do you have friends you can pray with? Do you have people you can pray with? Do you belong to a group, a small group of people in the church that when something of great concern, something is weighing you down, something is a weight on your neck, you can share it with them and they can agree with you and stand with you in prayer. Don't forget the Bible said, if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, it shall be done for them by my father which is in heaven this is why small groups in church are critical you need not just belong to a bigger church family you also need to be part of the families in the church so that when something concerns you you can have an immediate group of people who surround you with love who surround you with comfort who surround you with encouragement and then you can always come on top daniel and his friends were preserved because they came together spent time in prayer saw the face of god and deliverance became their portion this year god will preserve you your god will bring people around you who will stand with you in times of crisis and they will help you to live a life of victory they will help you to run the race and not just run the race but they will help you to run and win in jesus precious name type in the comment box i believe it and i manifest the same in jesus precious name okay the third category of people you must a relationship you must prioritize and pursue is a relationship that establishes your legacy and secures future generations a relationship that secures your legacy and secures future generations you just don't want to live for prosperity you want to live for posterity you don't just want to live for prosperity just enjoy life here and die and go but you also want to live your legacy you want to live for posterity but the time you exit the scene there must be people whom you have trained people whom you have equipped who will perpetuate and continue your vision and legacy do you have people like that i'm talking about people whom you are intentionally mentoring people you are intentionally training there are people when they come to a position of authority and they they get into a high office they fail to train anybody they just want to be on the top and the top alone it is risky to be on the top alone it makes you an easy target when people are looking for you to kill you they can easily single you out 
and kill you. You remember when uh, they came to arrest Jesus. Jesus had trained his people. He had poured himself into his people. And they were so much like him to the extent that Judas had to kiss Jesus in order to distinguish him from the rest of them. Because if the Roman soldiers came and Jesus was with disciples, they, they, they virtually looked the same. They acted the same way to the degree that without Judas giving a signal with the kiss, specifically on Jesus' cheek, it was going to be very difficult for them to identify that this is a man. That was Christ. Jesus did not live a life of success, prosperity, and progress alone. He shared it. He trained others. He took time to train the disciples. He equipped them. Are you deliberately, consciously uh, in training and raising other people? Is it in your scheme? This year, make sure that somebody in your office is being trained. Somebody in the choir is being trained. Somebody in the astronaut department is being trained. Somebody in your family, self family, yourself or your church family is being consciously trained. Are you mentoring others who can stand in your place? You are a surgeon. Are you mentoring other people? Or just shout on them and make them feel like they can never amount to anything or they can never achieve what you have achieved. That is not a good way to live. The moment you are dying, the most important thing when it comes to the time of your death is your legacy. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. Now it's laid out for me a crown of righteousness. He wrote to Timothy, his son. And then he said, as I am going, you continue the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of your ministry. He equipped him and taught him so that Timothy could continue. Look at what he said. He said, 2 Timothy 2 verse 2. He said, you have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now look at this. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. That is legacy. Pass them on to others. Pass them on to others. Pass them on to others. If you are sick in the next, God forbid, in the next three months, six months, are you sure that whatever you are doing can continue? Because there are other people you have trained and equipped who can continue whatever you started. That's leadership. Leadership is not when things are getting done when you are around. But a real leader is the one who gets resources. Whether he's present or absent, that is an uncommon leader. Jesus came, he spent three years, three and a half years, and he left. And his legacy is still continuing even till tomorrow. Why? Because he took time to train, he took time to equip, he took time to raise consciously people who can do and do much more than he did. You remember what he told his disciples? He said, I go to the Father, but he that believed in me, the works I do, he shall do also. And he said, greater works than these shall he do. You are not a great leader until you have raised other leaders who can do greater works than you have done. I pray that this year, the wisdom of God will be your portion. As a husband, if you are not home, your, your wife should be able to manage the place in your absence. It shows your leadership. It shows that you are really really in charge look at what the bible says again also uh, of david the reason why i like david so much and i prefer david any day any time over solomon solomon was the wisest solomon was uh, the richest but when it comes to leadership i believe that david was a better leader than solomon when solomon left 
the person he put on the throne scattered the nation of Israel. But by the time David was living, the throne was intact. He handed it over to Solomon. By the time Solomon was living, he handed it to Rehoboam. And by the time Rehoboam was living, the throne had been divided into the northern and the southern kingdom. Why? Because David chose a wise man as a leader and Solomon chose a foolish man as his leader. Now look at this. First Chronicles chapter 29 verse 28. And he died in a good old age, full of days, riches and honor. And Solomon... His son reigned in his stead. If you are not there, have you developed a son? Have you trained a son who can step into your shoes? You know, King David had a son in Solomon. This was biological though. But his son was well trained and groomed to take over. Paul had a son in Timothy who could take over. Elijah had a son in Elisha who could take over. Unfortunately, Elisha didn't have a son in, Eli in Gehazi who could take over. It's important that we consciously learn and train other people to be able to do the things we do and even much better. These are three important relationships as I bring this first part on the priority of relationships to a close. I want you to understand that you have to deliberately and consciously prioritize these three relationships in your life. Number one are relationships that inspire and stretches you to become the very best that you can possibly be i'm talking about mentors and then there are relationships that would bring challenge and comfort inspiration it it will it will inspire you for positive competition you don't compare yourself but you are inspired you are challenged you hear them they are doing this they are going for their masters you feel inspired and you want to do your masters also you see them do great exploits for god you see them plant churches and you are challenged you want to plant more churches you want to serve god more that is a kind of relationship i'm talking about a relationship that comforts you but also challenges you when you need to be challenged and then of course the final one is a relationship that secures establishes your legacy and secures future generations you don't just want to live here and now you want to live for posterity you want to live your name in the in the sand of time you want to leave a legacy an enduring legacy and that cannot happen except you consciously raise others except you consciously train others it's not going to be easy it takes a lot of patience it takes a lot of discipline it takes a lot of tact to be able to train other people and so many people don't have the patience for it and if i tell you if you are not patient you can't raise anybody if you must raise people who will be able to do greater works, look at the people that jesus had to raise they were people who had all kinds of challenges john and james one day they were going they said should we call down fire these were people who were vindictive they couldn't stand rejection but by the time jesus finished with them they became a different breed of people altogether john could write and say uh, he that loveth not his brother i mean the man wrote so much on love because jesus has shaped his worldview you look at peter peter was impulsive peter was impatient peter could not just stand anything he would deny you at the least challenge but by the time jesus finished with peter the one who would deny you the one who abandoned you when you need him became a stalwart in the church peter stood and said it is better we obey god than men these guys were transformed because jesus took time to patiently groom them 
patiently work on them and help them to become the kind of persons God will have them become. Listen, God will never bring you perfect people, but God will always give you the grace to turn the people around you to become the kind of people who can help you achieve God's purpose for your life and realize his dream and vision for your life. Learn to connect with others. Learn to be patient with others and learn to grow with others. The Lord bless you and thank you so much today for being part of our broadcast. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. I look forward to having you join me same time next week as we continue this interesting episode. Next week, I'm touching on the power of relationships. How powerful is relationship? What difference can relationship make in your life? We've considered the priority of relationships. We are moving on to the power of relationship as we continue on this series of Run With Others. I know you are going to run and you are going to run with wisdom. You are going to run with others and you are going to run as a success. You are going to run to win by the time the year is over. And in all your engagement, you will certainly run to win. The grace of God is upon you to run and to finish your course and to finish with joy. The Lord bless you and I look forward to having you join me same time next week as we continue. Until I see you same time next week, maximize the grace of God. Remain blessed. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We we'll look forward to having you join us again and again. God bless. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no, no.